Well, we're now going to spend some time looking at the Bible together, at God's Word together. Um, so I'm going to pray quickly, um, and then we're going to listen to God's Word, and then we're going to have a little bit of time thinking about what God might be saying to us together this morning. Um, so let's pray uh, first and foremost. Lord God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the truth and the hope that is contained within it. And uh, Lord, as we look at your word together now, we pray that you would be speaking to our hearts, you'd be speaking to our minds, and we might have the ears to hear what you have to say to each one of us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, if you've got your Bibles, you might want to turn with me. Um, We're going to look at two passages of Scripture this morning. Um, The words will also hopefully pop up on the screen if you don't have your Bibles with me or with you. First of all, we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 2, and then we're going to look at John 13, verses 34. But if you've got your Bibles, you might want to keep them handy because we're going to look around at various other bits of of the Bible together, but we'll try and keep on the screen as best we can um, so we can all follow on together as we look at God's word. So uh, the apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 to 2, follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then John 13, verses 34 to 35, words of Jesus as he issued a new command to his disciples. A new command I give you, he said, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Today is an exciting day, and uh, in a little while, we're going to see Nora and Jael go through the waters of baptism, which is not only great because we get to see them dunked and how good their underwater skills are, but it's a great day of celebration as they affirm their faith in Jesus. And it also encourages us as a church that this is what God does. God reveals himself to people. He's at work in people's life. What he was doing 2,000 years ago, he's still doing today. And we can continue to celebrate him, to worship him, and put our trust in him. On a baptismal Sunday, though, there's also a danger uh, that we can be tempted to think that baptism is the end point of Christian journey. We might be tempted to think that once I've been baptized, that's it. Job done. Everything's going to be okay in my life. Uh, Or I won't need to worry anymore now I've been baptized because, you know, God's on my side. Everything's going to be fine. I've reached the destination I was aiming for. But baptism isn't so much an end point. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Rather, baptism is an entry point into a new way of life, a new way of living that Jesus calls us into. Over the last few weeks, those of us who've been gathering here on a Sunday have been reminding ourselves um, of this truth, and we've been thinking about how do we train, how do we continue to grow in our faith, to live this new way of living that Jesus calls us to. 
We all need to continue to grow in our faith. You can't complete Christianity. We can always know more of God. There's always new and greater ways that we can worship him, that we can serve him throughout our lives. We said a number of times over the last few weeks that faith is a muscle. And just like when you go to the gym, if you want to train your faith, you need to you need to work it. You need to exercise it. So this morning, Laura and Jael, um, I want to remind you that baptism is not the end destination. You've not completed it today. And for all of us here, particularly those who've been a part of the church family for a long time or for a short time, however long it's been, I want to remind us all that we all have this continued responsibility to not get to a point where we feel like we've reached the end destination and then we step back and relax, but to continue to grow in our faith, continue to pursue the new life that Jesus has called us into. Baptism is about stepping into a new way of life, defined by our faith in Jesus. Jesus wants us to live our best life. Uh, but living our best life means that we need to live our lives in a way that is radically different uh, to the world around us. That is why Nora, or what Nora and Jael are signing up to today. They're not just saying, do you know what, I believe in Jesus, but they're saying, no, that I want to give my life back to Jesus. I want to worship him. I want to serve him. I want to walk with him. I want to continue to train up and grow in my faith. Because they know that when they are living their life with Jesus, it is then when we find and we can truly live our best life. Jesus lived his life differently to uh, just about, well, to anyone who walked the earth before. Um, over the past few weeks, we've been thinking of some of the, the holy habits or spiritual disciplines see Jesus model throughout the Bible and uh, how we might model those and follow his example as we live out for him today. So over the past few weeks, we've looked at reading the Bible and prayer, you know, the things that talk about time. Then things got a bit awkward when we talked about fasting because that a little bit more challenging. And today, we're going to continue this theme by looking at two more habits that Jesus exhibited. And if you thought fasting was difficult, wait till you hear these two. Today, we're going to look at the spiritual disciplines or the holy habit of practicing submission and sacrifice. Who fancies going for a fast today? Because that seems easy, doesn't it? I'd much rather go without food than submit and sacrifice. That sounds costly. That sounds hard. And these spiritual disciplines are hard. In a world of, 20, in, in world of 2023, these two words, submission and sacrifice, are not very popular. Who wants to sacrifice? We're in a world of more, more, more. We're in a world where people... Uh, uh, live out the, the being the survival of the fittest, the age of enlightenment, the age of individualism, the age of populism. Sacrifice doesn't fit with the narrative of the world around us. Similarly, 
the thought of submitting to something or someone else is not an idea that we wake up excited about. To submit gives us an image that we have this lack of freedom. It makes us feel like we're not valued, like we're not appreciated for who we are. If you submit, we think that we're unable to make up our own mind, which be further from the truth talk about submitting to God and to Jesus. No one thinks or, or wakes up and thinks, you know what, I want to live my best life. I'm going to submit and I'm going to sacrifice. That's the way to live my best life. But today I want to say that without embracing these habits of submission and sacrifice, we will never fully be able to embrace the life that Jesus to us all and we will not live our best life with him without receiving and embracing this truth and this practice of submission and a sacrifice. As with all the habits, Jesus himself sets the example. He's lived it, how we can live it out and he invites us to follow his example. And so this we're going to spend some time looking at how Jesus demonstrates these two habits of submission and sacrifice, the impact they have for each one of us here today, and then how we might be able to follow his example as we live our lives with him as well. So when you think about uh, how Jesus lived his life, as you read the Bible, as you read the Gospels, we can see lots of different things that Jesus did with his life. You can see his great wisdom, his moral teaching, many of which people still hold today as some of the greatest teaching the world has seen. You can see the records of his awesome, miraculous, mind-powering miracles that he performed. You can see that he was a person who had a was a rebel with a cause. Uh, he, he stood for something, and that wasn't always popular. You can see how he pushed and challenged the status quo, and so But throughout all that Jesus did, there's one common theme, one common strand that runs throughout it all, and that is his love for people. Jesus taught with great wisdom not because he was a know-it-all, but because he loved people. And so he taught to try and enlighten people to live the way that God had created them to live. Jesus performed amazing miracles, not to just show how strong and mighty he was, because he loved people. He wanted to take them and lift them out of the hurt and the pain and the, and the misery that they were facing and give them healing and he was a rebel with a cause because he loved all people and not just those who were accepted by society, but who were forgotten and marginalized in the society around them too. When you look at Jesus, his life is defined by love. In Ephesians 5, the first passage that we read together this morning, Paul encourages the church to... Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, 
as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Lived his life in a way that was defined by love. As he did so, he was willing to submit, to give himself up as a sacrifice himself for you and for me. This I think one of the most beautifully written and, and, and of, of the Bible in Philippians 2, uh, where the Apostle Paul again encourages the church to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, found in appearance, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even to on a cross. Take a moment to consider what that passage tells us. Jesus is the Son of God, creator of all things, yet he made himself nothing. He took the form of a servant. He was willing to be obedient to the point of death. Death is the greatest of submission that the world has ever seen. Jesus stepped down from all of heaven, from all of glory, and was not only born into a dirty little stable as a human being, rather than as a creator of heaven and earth, but he was willing to go further still, to go to the cross, to die, to be separated from his father, just because of his love for us. This is the message and the wonder of the Christian faith. This truth has been changing lives for 2,000 years, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. Jesus didn't come just to put the world to rights. He didn't come set rules uh, that tell everyone what the right thing to do was. Jesus' message is greater and more astounding than that. Jesus lived his best life and shows us how we can live our best life by being willing to submit himself. He who had authority over all things, over all of creation, stepped down from heaven, and adopted the position of a servant. And if of submission were not enough, Jesus goes further. His own life as a sacrifice that we might live. Jesus submitted, but he also offered himself as a sacrifice. Not for his benefit, but because he loved us. Because he loved us, he was willing to give up everything for us. The book of Romans tells us that very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't sacrifice himself for us because he had to. He didn't choose 
to die because we deserved or had earned a second chance in some way. Even when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even when our relationship with God had totally broken down, we got our own way when we didn't deserve anything, Christ died for me, Christ died for you. I are Jael getting baptized this morning. Baptized because they just woke up one day and thought it would be a good idea. They were, they're getting baptized because they have encountered the greatest sacrifice the world has ever seen. That Jesus was willing to give up his all for them, to die for them, that they find life. This is the good news of Jesus. And it's not only true for Nora, it's true for every one of us here today. Jesus loves you and his love for you is so great that he was the greatest sacrifice sign of his love. Will you receive that love? Will you embrace? Will you live your life out that his life was defined by sacrifice into practice, and then he invites us to follow. So, how might we follow Jesus' example of and sacrifice as we train, we grow, and develop? Well, let's listen to Ephesians chapter 5. And then listen to this morning from John. Command to disciples. As he encourages all to us all to embrace a new way of living, he says this. A new command I love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. How do you support? How do you sacrifice? By being willing to love. Jesus revealed his love by humbly submitting himself and offering himself as a sacrifice. And we too are invited to do the same because that is what love looks like. Love is not just a nice, lovely, easy, natural commitment to make. One of the issues that we have in our world is that we have an overly romanticized and warped understanding of what love is. Committing to love is hard. Committing to love is gritty and gritty, And it requires us to submit and to make sacrifices. It's very easy to say the words, I love you, but it's much harder to put those words into action. Love is a verb, a doing word. It's not just a statement that we make. Love in action is often sacrificial. means submitting and putting others before ourselves. So how can we live a new life that is rooted 
in love? What does love in action look like? Well, firstly, I think that living a life of love means that we adopt a position and not right. This, mean, this doesn't mean that we think any less of ourselves, but it means we think of ourselves less. If you think you know, if you're not willing to listen to other voices, if you always want to, things to be done in your way, then you're not following the example that Jesus lived. He was the son of God. He literally knew all things, yet he was not. He was all himself to make himself nothing that, because that's the way of love. Can you imagine living in a world where people uh, spent more time making themselves nothing, saying it's not a me. I have skills, I have these gifts, I have these abilities, but it's not about me. Instead, it's about others. It's about submitting to God as I live my life for him. Living a life of love means that we practice humility and not pride, but we also practice obedience instead of rebellion. How good are you at obeying those who have permission or who have positions of authority? When you go to work tomorrow morning, is your boss going to be happy to see you or not? Uh, we've all had practice this in the recent years, isn't it? When the pandemic hit, uh, we were given rules and guidelines that we were asked to live by and to obey. Now, we might have thought that the rules were excessive or not, or not, uh, or uh, we might have thought that we stood the science differently and they would interpret different needs, but ultimately, we were asked to obey the guidelines that were set. Obedience requires submission to authority. We don't obey or submit just because. And so the question for us as we live our lives for Jesus, obedience and not rebellion, is do we obey guidance God has lived by in the same way that we followed the guidance of the pandemic? Do we obey those that God has put in positions of authority to lead us, to guide us, to help us to live the life that God has called us to live. We obey and submit to people in these positions of authority or elsewhere because of the position that they hold. It's not some autocratic thing, but we obey because God has called and placed these people to serve us, to help us to live our best life, to help us to know more of who Jesus is and what he has done. And therefore, if they're trying to help us, we need to try and submit, to obey, to go along and serve and follow their lead and their guide. Look at verse 8 of Philippians chapter 2. Jesus was obedient to death, even death on a cross. Are you willing to obey Jesus? Even where it's painful, even where it doesn't sit comfortably with you, even where it's difficult and, and costs you everything, are you willing to obey like, like Jesus did? 
Living a life of love means we serve and others above ourselves. Jesus uh, says in Mark chapter 1, one who wants to be the first must be the very last and the servant of all. How can you usher others ahead of yourself? and sacrifice look like. That's what love looks like. Instead of thinking, I want things my way, can we change our mindset to start thinking, well, how do you want things? And how can I help you with that? Instead of looking at what is in my best interest, can we think about what might be in the best interests of those around us? Living a life of love also means being willing to be served. You might be the best cook in all the world. And if you are, it's me. I want your lessons and I want to eat your food. Uh, but if you are the best cook in the world, you might want to say, I want to serve, I want to serve, I want to serve, I want to cook, I want to cook, I want to cook. But would you be willing to go and sit and eat a pot noodle with someone that they might have cooked? Are you willing to be served? Creating space of you offers them. It recognizes that they have something to offer. It keeps up. Most of it, importantly of all, it's how we love one another. Not just by giving, but also by receiving. If we are to follow Jesus and embrace the new way of life that he has modeled to us, we need to be humble, we need to be obedient, we need to be servant-hearted, but all of these are impossible without love. The reason Jesus submitted himself, gave himself everything for us, was because he loved us. His love was so great that no matter how little we think of ourselves, no matter what our background and where we come from, no matter what we have done throughout this life, he loves us and he loves you. Today, Jael are publicly declaring that they have found the way to live their best life, that they have found Jesus and his love for them, the sacrifice that he's made for them, the way he submitted himself for them. And as they receive the sacrifice and the submission that Jesus made for them, they too are giving their lives to Jesus that they might receive the life that he offers to us all. The way of living is not always easy. It's not always uh, going to be straightforward. It will be costly. It requires us to submit and to sacrifice. But it is worth it because we know that we are loved by Jesus when we, know, we can truly know that we are loved in a, in a way that no one else has ever experienced before. And when we experience the love that Jesus offers to us all, that frees us up to be able to go and live our best life with him. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for Jesus, for the love that he has offered and shown to us all that he was willing to submit and sacrifice himself for us as an expression of the depth of love that he has for each one of us here. 
And so, Lord, this morning, whether it's for the first time or the hundred thousandth time, whether we've never been into a church before or whether we've been here like we're part of the furniture, Lord, we once again open ourselves and ask that we might receive your love. We know you offer it to us all. And so, Lord Jesus, may you give your love and make your love resonate with us here today, we pray. Lord, we want to live out of your love. And so we respond to your love. We pray that you would help us to submit to your way, to offer our lives as a living sacrifice, no longer living for ourselves, but living our lives for you and for your glory. Jesus, would you help us all to continue to build our lives upon your love, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.